Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. I'm Art Georges, and I'm joined in the studio by Daniel Bennett and Rich Burkle. And in these installments of uh, Revive the Drive, we've been focusing our attention on heaven. And uh, with that being said, how can we think about heaven uh, in a way that it affects our earthly life here and now? Yeah, you know, you in one of our, I think our first sessions, you alluded to the idea that some people say they're of, uh, they're they're so earth, so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, and I think uh, that's a a wrong way to think about life. It's a wrong way to think about what heaven does. But as a person, as a person prepares themselves for heaven, they become a, a person who is immensely useful uh, here and now. And mm. uh, J.C. Ryle in his book on on holiness uh, is talking to people about the, the need to to grow in holiness and how it how it fits us for heaven. He says, um, "Without we, we must be holy because without holiness on earth we shall never be prepared to enjoy heaven. Heaven is a holy place. The Lord of heaven is a holy being." He goes on and says, suppose for a moment that you were allowed to enter heaven without holiness. What would you do? What possible enjoyment could you feel there? To which of all saints would you join yourself? And by whose side would you sit down? Their pleasures are not your pleasures. Their tastes, not your tastes. Their character, not your character. How could you possibly be happy if you had not been holy mm. on earth? Mm-hmm. And he goes and talks about how you know some people think that, uh, you know, uh, church isn't a lot of fun and, and things like that. And they're too, you know, the saints are too strict and scripture reading and prayer are dull and melancholy. And he goes, mm. well, what, what are you going to enjoy about, about heaven? Um, heaven is a never ending Sabbath. The inhabitants thereof rest not day or night saying, holy, holy, holy Lord, God almighty. And so a person who's thinking about heaven is growing in holiness, and we know that a person who's growing in holiness is growing in their capacity not only to worship God, but to but to benefit those who are around them as well in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, heaven sets our minds in a whole different sphere than what we naturally uh, have them. We naturally get up and we we can feel the concreteness of our of our bed, and then our clothes, and and then the the uh, shoes on our feet, and and then the, the specific um, concerns throughout the day that we can see, feel, and touch that impact our physical lives. Thinking about heaven raises up and beyond, uh, not out of, but but up and beyond so that we see more. It's not we see less when we think of heaven. In fact, we see what we uh, presently experience in this life more clearly because of our thoughts about heaven. And it changes everything. You know, Jesus, when he taught us how to pray, he said, our Father who are in heaven, um, that it's impossible to think about God without thinking of heaven because that's that's where God resides and that's where one day we will be. Um, you know, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Where Where is it coming from? It's the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. And so if, if we don't understand and think about heaven 
then we can't properly understand what we're supposed to be doing here on earth to bring about that kingdom here and be a little sliver of the glory of heaven here today. Um, I know I, I talked earlier about how heaven is the place of love. And so the more we think about heaven, the more we come to understand, well, what is love even? Mm-hmm. And how do I bring that to earth? If that's what my future is going to be, completely filled with a place of love, then I understand more about why love is such an important aspect of now, because I can't I can't pray thy kingdom come and not love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. so it relates to, and I, Daniel and I, we, we were, um, and Daniel was invited to, to speak, to be a keynote speaker at an orphan care conference in Africa, and he asked me to go along with them. And but you know, the gospel drives us to loving the the widow and the orphan and the infirm, and it's heaven that drives us toward that love. I, I mm-hmm. think otherwise, it becomes just sort of a very um, in some ways unsustainable and weak sort of form of compassion, but it's not connected to eternity because it's not connected to our view and vision of heaven. So Jesus taught us that uh, where we uh, where we place our treasure, there our heart will be also. How do we, practically speaking, lay up our treasure in heaven? Well, we begin with with faith. All things begin with with faith, and so our our trust is in God that there is a heaven, that there's an inheritance waiting for us. And then you think about First Corinthians three as well, and that the things that we we do that we we build our lives with mm-hmm. either wood, hay, straw, stubble, or with 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 precious stones. And I think that you know there's a con there's a context where it's referring to the church, but I think it also refer to individuals within the church as they exercise their spiritual gifts, doing the things that God is has called them to do, then there's going to be an ultimate reckoning in heaven or before heaven that allows us to to take stock of the, the things that we've done in, in this life, yeah. a reckoning. Uh, you know, I, I believe that our sanctification, as we think about that reckoning and how we grow so that heaven becomes – so that heaven fills us today, you know, um, uh, our sanctification process, I believe, flows from head to heart to hands to, mm-hmm. to our actions. So the head grasps onto God's revelation um, first as God gives revelation. Our head uh, comprehends it, understands it, and embraces it intellectually. Then our heart reaches up and commits ourselves to it. It's, uh, the heart is the organ of commitment. We grab onto that and say, yes, this is what I'm going to believe and how I'm going to live, and then our hands and apply that commitment. It's it's the outworking. And, you know, I, I would begin, if, if a person asked me, how can I have more of heaven in me, um, I'd begin with, with the revelation that God's given us about heaven, uh, doctrine, scripture, you know, um, uh, that that otherwise uh, heaven becomes very fuzzy, and that's why we're doing this Revive the Drive, because we, we don't think it should be fuzzy for mm-hmm. us. Uh, we should have a very clear vision of what heaven is that God's given us, um, and that, as Daniel mentioned, faith connects to faith connects to God's word, so that um, this vision of heaven can grow first in our in our heads and our minds about what this is, and then that vision is going to be big enough for our hearts to commit ourselves to, mm-hmm. and for our hands then to pursue. So how would you say, this may seem like a stretch, but how would you say that missions, both local and foreign, um, mm. connects to placing our treasure in heaven? Mm. Well, I think it, the 
the the goal of missions and I love what John Piper said in his book Let the Nations Be Glad, you know, the the goal of missions is worship. And so as as we think about our our task in missions, our, our task is to see uh more people our, our our task is to see people right now who are not God worshipers become God worshipers. Right. And so as we as we uh, in, engage in the task of, of missions, we're, we're doing so uh, hoping that there are more people in, in heaven who worship God for eternity. Now, can you re- reword your question again? I, I think I, I lost it. I was I answered a really good different question. <laughs> I forgot to bring it back to your question. How, how does missions help us to lay up our treasure in heaven? Treasures, right, right. Yeah, you know, first, first, our treasure, the the idea or the truth about heaven motivates us toward mission. Uh-huh. You know, uh, this world is passing away, and everything in this world is passing away, and there is a potential that God has created within every person you know, from every tribe, tongue, tongue, and nation to connect their lives with eternity, and that's right. the gospel. And so, so without heaven, I'd. Why would why would we go to Africa? Why would right. we go to Asia? Why would we go to India or any place on this planet? Across the street, you know? right? I mean, it, everybody's going to live; they die, and that's it anyway, you know. And and so, so there's there's no big picture purpose that drives us to do extraordinary things to give up our temporal lives for the sake of of the eternal, other than what heaven uh, provides—a vision of heaven—and and then it connects to our eternal reward by the more we invest in eternity, which that's what missions and evangelism is, right. the more we will enjoy in eternity. Right. You know? The reason I brought that up is, you know, we're talking about heaven. We can be very self-centered in our thoughts of wanting to be there, but the call is to not only lay up our treasure there, but to draw others into uh, that relationship with Jesus Christ, whereby they will be with us in heaven. You guys just mm-hmm. came back from South Africa, and you worshiped with others that you will worship with for all of eternity. Now you're separated by vast amounts of space and time, but uh, one day we'll all be together in that realm, worshiping the one true God. Yeah. So as we think about that, about that future, uh, some people may say, I I hear what you're saying, and and I understand I I need to be there, but I'm so aware of this present world and it's so hard for me to conceptualize this this future existence how how can i grow in my hope of heaven what what would you guys say to someone who asks how can i grow in my hope of heaven yeah you know jc ryle uh, said I, I pity the man who never thinks about heaven and so again the the first aspect of growing is thinking more about heaven i one of the, my favorite books about heaven um is entitled "The Saints' Everlasting Rest," and uh, John Bunyan, I believe, it was John Bunyan that wrote that. Um, got a Richard Baxter. Richard Baxter. It? Richard yeah, Baxter. Because okay. you told me about. So, it. Sorry about this, <laughs> but uh, uh, Richard Baxter wrote that book, and and Richard Baxter uh, became quite ill as a young man. I, th- I think he was in his thirties when uh, he became ill, and he he presumed that it was an illness unto death that he was going to die. And so he began thinking about heaven um, intensely. Well, he kept living and living, you know, and he eventually got better. But but it's from that those meditations because of his anticipation. It's hard for me to have the intensity of thinking about heaven 
And I think for most people without that kind of a trial, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we need to. We need to try to somehow get into that intensity because it changes the way we live. Yeah. And and so that that book, Saints Everlasting Rest, has so many sweet, precious helps. So I would say read scripture regarding heaven and read good books about heaven. Those have really helped me. And you mentioned uh, just the sense of feeling the presence of this world. Oftentimes that's stated in terms of the oppression of this world that causes us to not think. But sometimes people don't think enough about heaven because they're so pleased with this life, this world, and uh, and then they find when trials and heartaches come, you know what? I started thinking more about heaven because right. I realized that this life isn't perfect. My relationships are broken. Uh, my health is uh, tenuous. And, and so perhaps part of the answer to the question, Daniel, is <clears throat> to realize that, you know what, this, as Rich said earlier, this life, this world is passing away. Uh, even the joys of this life are temporal. We need to lay hold of what is true and everlasting, and that is our eternal reward and our time with Jesus Christ, maybe to long to be with Christ. Peter says, though you love him, you do not see him yet, and, mm-hmm. and, and though you do not see him, you rejoice with joy inexpressible at the thought of being with him. And I think we need to cultivate that desire to be with Christ and to think about uh, what he's done for us and, and what it will be like to be with him. Hmm. So if I'm not if I'm not yearning for heaven, uh, one possibility is that there's a lack of holiness on my part. The things about heaven don't don't uh, draw in my soul as as they ought. Right. And then the other possibility is that my knowledge of heaven is faulty. Mm-hmm. You know that I, I I am not excited about heaven because I don't understand its its splendor and. Uh, I think this hopefully these these uh, these these times together have have helped address both of those issues, and maybe one more too. I don't know where where you were uh, wanting to go with that, and, and after those two, because those two certainly are are areas that need to to be um, overcome in order to have a, a robust love for heaven, but also investing in heaven. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think Art, you, you mentioned, I think it was you uh, earlier mentioned, you know, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And and so investing, investing our uh, financial resources. Um, Jesus talked about the shrewdness of unbelievers with their money, mm-hmm. that, that they understand the need to make friends with money, and yet uh, we often don't understand that. And he, he talked to us told us to use uh, unrighteous mammon to make mm-hmm. friends uh, that are eternal in heaven. Um, and that kind of connects with your question about missions as well. There will be people there in heaven that God used financial resources that we gave to um, to bring them the gospel and ultimately lead them to Christ. Um, so investing our, our money, investing our energy, investing our love um, – Investing our talents, all of those things are are part of then drawing near and near to heaven. So, why spend that resource, those treasures, on missions? Can the Buddhist, who's very sincere, uh, make it to heaven without hearing about Christ? Can the Muslim, very sincere in his or her faith, uh, make it to heaven without a knowledge of Christ? Is Christ the only way to get to heaven. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question, and, and along with that, 
uh, I like how Piper words in one of his chapters on let the nations be glad. He says, not just is Christ the only way, but must someone consciously place their faith in Christ? And which, which I think gets right to your, your, the heart of your question. Can the, the Buddhist, uh, get to heaven through Jesus, even if they don't know about Jesus and that if the answer is no, they cannot without consciously placing their faith in, in Jesus, there is this this impetus toward mission, mm-hmm. uh, this impetus toward proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ so that people can worship God forever in, in heaven. Uh, there's a, a, a part in Acts 17, you remember whenever Paul is, is addressing the Areopagus, and he says, uh, the, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he's given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. In other words, the, the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was a, a watershed moment in redemptive history. Mm-hmm. And now there is no other name given among men uh, by which we, we must be mm-hmm. saved other than the name That's of right. Jesus That's Christ. Right. So, and the book of Romans also is very instructive. It, it, it's it's Paul's thesis of, about the necessity of the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles alike. And and the reason why we need the gospel is because we're all sinners. So uh, we deserve to be punished by God, uh, receive his, his just wrath against our sin forever and ever in hell. And um, so... Christ is the Savior. He's the one who delivers us. He rescues us so that we can be justified by faith in Jesus. Paul's uh, emphasis is throughout his epistles, particularly the book of Romans. And and so he gets to chapter 10, and uh, he quotes from the Old Testament by saying, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it's vital that we consciously call upon the name of Jesus as Savior in order to be rescued from our sin. And then he, he goes on to address, the, I think, the very question you're asking. He says, how then can they call on him whom they have not believed? In other words, if if uh, they have to call on him in order to be saved because everyone is shut up by their sin, mm-hmm. uh, if nothing happens, everyone's shut up to their sin and shut up then to condemnation, how can they call on him whom they've not believed? In other words, they have to believe in order to call. And how can they believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching to them? Um, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. This is why missions, endeavors, and evangelism is so vital, because people can't believe if they don't hear the gospel and if they don't believe they can't call in the name of the Lord, and if they don't call in the name of the Lord, they will not be saved. And uh, so then he, he kind of sums this up. He says, um, so faith, which is necessary to be justified, accepted by God, forgiven, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so so it seems very clear the answer to the question. It surprised me how often even Bible-believing uh, Christians and church leaders uh, are are unclear about this issue, but but it seems very clear that that Scripture says we have to have conscious faith mm. in the Christ of Scripture, who died upon the cross as a substitute for our sin, was buried and rose the third day. Excellent. So, 
In order to wrap this session up, um, someone's been listening to all these installments of Revive the Drive on Heaven. Uh, They think it's a great place, and they'd like to go there. How can one be sure that they, when they die, uh, will be in heaven? Well, they can be sure of of heaven because of of God's promises. A God uh, who never lies has told us that even though we are uh, separated from him, even though there's a great chasm between him and us due to our sin, that uh, we can, can, uh, on the basis of Jesus Christ's uh, uh, substitutionary atonement, his death on the cross for our sins, uh, we can place our faith and trust in him alone for our salvation and receive eternal life. And I I think uh, as as a person thinks about heaven, and, and I'm sure in your ministries, you've asked people many, many times uh, if you were to, to find yourself standing before God and to ask him, uh, and he were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Many times people will point to things in and of, of themselves. Well, I've tried to help old ladies across the street. I've, I've, uh, you know, I know the 10 commandments. I've obeyed eight out of 10 of the 10, the 10 commandments. There's a lot of things they point to in and of themselves. And we, mm-hmm. we rightly, uh, scripture tells us that we cannot look to ourselves for our salvation, that it is only by placing our trust in Jesus Christ, receiving his righteousness, as Rich mentioned from Romans, we see that only by receiving his righteousness can we have hope of, of eternal life, and that righteousness comes only through faith in him. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's a great joy for us to think that the Lord might use uh, these recordings to encourage you and your faith and your hope of heaven. And so thanks for allowing us to ride along and help you to revive the drive.